Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello and here we are at episode number 72 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. This week I'm taking you to meet Fricks. Fricks is a man of many talents, one of them being an artist. Another, a man of great initiative, along with his friend Matt Jukes. They created the V Art Show, which I'm a part of and comes out this evening as this podcast is released on Thursday the 4th of June between 6 and 9pm there's me and 15 other artists it's on Zoom and you've got the opportunity to meet the artists talk about their artwork and even buy their artwork it's as close as you're going to get to an art fair between now and Christmas I'll be selling prints and originals at the art show and I've completed a Russian padlock tally drawing especially for this show that will also be available in an edition of 30. But after that little sales pitch, let's get back to this episode. Frix has lived in various countries throughout his life and has taken on a bit of their culture and lifestyle and made it part of his own. 
So as he says in this podcast, he doesn't really identify as, as any specific nationality. So come with me at a safe two metre distance to meet Fricks. I've been in London for, I think it is 15 years now. From, and where was you originally? Iceland? I'm from Iceland. I'm, I'm born in Moscow. My parents are Icelanders that went into the height of the Cold War uh, to study. <laughs> and I came out there. I, I, I was only there for three years. But I've been kind of like an international gypsy. I lived in the five different countries and, yeah, roamed over everything. And are you here to stay? I think so. I, I, th- I think it with me, how do you say, I get kind of, it, it, everything that I do kind of has to do with this progressive thing. And I don't know if it is I'm clever or just bored or things, but I actually like things to change, yeah, you know, something yeah. new and, and you move to a new country and you see a new supermarket. And it's like a, it's like a world that opens. And, and, you know, the first six months, you're kind of getting used to it. I lived in Greece before I, so I, I went and lived in Greece for three years and came back here. I oh, went to Iceland for six months and then I came back here. And it is a little bit like it's a completely different world. Do you think England's your base now? Your, like, to travel to other places or, or do you think you'll move on again? I think I will move on again, but saying this, I actually think that I am starting to be very English because <laughs> when I was in Greece, I was like, are we animals? Are we not queuing here? <laughs> what, what, what the fuck is this? You know, this, is, <laughs> this is not normal. So I have to say, I'm, I'm starting to be quite English. And, and one of the things that happens when you move from home, you will never come back again. Yeah. The person that left, you will be completely different. And, and when you see it, when I came back to Iceland after being, I think you were 17 or 18 years away, all of a sudden you're like, yeah. It doesn't become your home anymore. Yeah, so, so you're you're already a foreigner. It just becomes sort of nostalgic. Yeah. Um, well, I should mention we're we're recording now, and I'm with with Fricks from the VR show. Do you go by the name of Fricks, or do you use your full name? Uh, Which it's... I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> so I I usually say that. Oh, my full name is Fricks Kapolitis Elson. But you can call me Fricks. Fricks it's is easy. much easier. <laughs> it's easier for everyone. <laughs> Even you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Fricks, I've got seven questions that I ask each artist. Okay. And the first is, how would you explain what you do to someone that didn't know your work? So, if it was the elevator pitch, or if it was we were on an island, it would kind of be like. <laughs> but the but the elevator way to pitch is. For me, as an artist, you create something that doesn't exist in the world. You bring yeah. in something new. I actually see myself as being massively like progressionist. You know, we should move forward. And, and how do you say, I, I think we live in a really exciting times. And, um, and I, I think I, I, I identify myself as a digital artist. So as I did digital drawings. I studied... Uh, Photography. I, ne- I never finished it, <laughs> but I, I kind of just like no, no, no. I don't want to do photography. It's it's way too traditionalist. Yeah. We should be moving toward doing digital art and and those things. And so I try to push it forward. And uh, but at the same time, and it took took me quite a while to to get to the point of what I was trying to do. But I wanted to make something unique. So you shouldn't make that in editions. 
it doesn't make sense so i've created something truly unique but here it is in 700 edition of this size 800 in this size and 1500 in this size it, it just this doesn't make sense so i've actually i started a few years back to do one off just i do a drawing i print it at once that's it you have something unique in this world and um, and I think it kind of comes quite quite a lot to that of how do you say a lot of the things I the art is not about me it's my personality you know I have an ego and I have strong ego I have, and how do you say it doesn't have to be massively big but how do you say I used to do this of not naming my art just say drawing number this because if I would say, oh, this is a spaceship or space horse or something, you will never be able to look at that art without getting past the space yeah. horse. And Because uh, when yeah. I first saw your work, I thought they were paintings. Yeah, they they actually, they are a little bit difficult, I've had to say, because but you see that... I, sorry, I should, I should say, I did only see them on Instagram, so, you know, you can't really get much of a, an yeah. impression when it's a stamp-sized image no, you're looking I, at. But I, th I, th I think the problem that we have still is it's quite difficult of getting like a real feel for the work online and, and since mine is digital to start with, it rendered itself because you're not having to take a photograph of it and then put it on the on the web. A lot of work where you start seeing it where they've enhanced the colour and then you see the original and I very often had it where I've seen the digital version looks amazing and then you get the original you're like no 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 do you have that do you have the digital one but i uh, with mine they they do look quite like a painting and they i think a lot of it is digital manipulations and i actually started my thing was i always wanted to be an artist but i never figured out how i could do it because i always drew like a drunk child yeah oh, there's and, nothing wrong with that <laughs> no, and, and here's the thing, how do you say, when I was growing up, it was in, like, in that era of traditionalism, you know, you had to draw everything, and, and there's one art school in Iceland, and you had to draw for the first year, and I was just like, how am I ever going to get through drawing yeah. for one year, and excusing how bad my drawings are, but I actually, by the photography, and going into the manipulation of, of photography, it actually took me talk about that and I actually my process actually started that I started publishing my work on Facebook and that was my process I made nice. work made photographs manipulated them and published them on Facebook and it actually came out of this that I had been doing music for many years and I was trying to do the uh, album art for my last album and then I just started to enjoy that so much that I started like oh I should actually start doing this Oh no! So when uh, was your first interest in art? It's I, I have always had interest in art. I I think I said just because I, I didn't feel like I had any talent for it as a child. Yeah. And I was kind of more toward music and things like that. Not that I'm actually quite good at making music, but I'm not very good at playing music. <laughs> so so I'm the, one of these artists that can be like amazing in studio. And then I say you come live and you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, the artist overtook the music, and I have to say, I have a friend of mine, a really good friend in Iceland, and he was a painter, and he kind of, you know, when we are teenagers, he is he is always drawing, and you know, we have parties, and he's drawing, we're talking about art and things like that, and I can never participate in that. It's you know because I don't make art, yeah. but but then all of a sudden, just many years later, it grew worse. Of how they say, he kind of stopped 
stop painting, but I, I go into this or moving this forward. And so what say, was it, like a, a hobby that started to grow and grow? Yeah, for me, it started to grow and grow. And I, I actually, for me, it is, I have this feeling that if I don't make something, then how do you say, this is kind of an outlet, emotional outlet, and I think this is kind of a little bit, anything that you put into your art is a piece of you. Yeah. And as I say, for example, even though I don't explain what my art is about and what I see in it, therefore, as I say, but it has a meaning for me. And I remember one of the art shows that I did, I, I hung up my work and I almost started crying because I was so sad of seeing it. Yeah. And I drew on these ghosts and nobody knew that. And they were like, oh, it's just like dancing, dancing cloths or something. And I was like, oh, this actually looks like ghosts. Nice. You know? and, and so, and I, I think I would say, I just this is one of the parts which I need. I need to make something, and I and I actually have to say I haven't been making art for for last months, but I've been writing poems, and that's kind of my outlet of of yeah, just in a different form. Yeah, I I here's the thing. I don't see very much difference between music, uh, films, and and uh, you know art creating a creating a piece because if you think about it, you know stills out of movie. It's actually just like art, you know, posters out of Star Wars poster or Blade Runner posters. This is actually, you could classify this as art. It isn't so much difference. Yeah, I made a, I, I wrote a poem when I was in prison years ago. And it was a, it was about looking at me being, uh, it, it sounds a bit abstract now, but it, it's me being a shirt in a shop. You know how it's all pristine. And yeah. I saw me as a shirt with all crinkles in it, where I was putting my, um, my thoughts on display and oh, I wrote wow. this poem and then I found it years later and I made the shirt when I like out of bronze and oh, the two together even if I say so myself are so powerful no but here's the thing and we actually spoke about this earlier about you say and I think you know when we come to the art show it is, I actually think everything that you are you put into your art by meeting the artist you get to know some of the secret because if I had seen the shirt why, why is this bloke doing like wrinkled shirts and things like that but when you say it about the poem and how you say this putting yourself into a different thing it actually makes it even more powerful you know like you know this metaphor and there was a there was a guy as you say this was this was a father of one of uh, you know my ex-girlfriends he said this, that artist is someone that sees the world in a different way. Definitely. And I actually think about it. If you just go back to the shirt, you see yourself as a shirt. And I remember, for example, I was making a joke about something. Oh, yeah, if you're the mouse, if you're the computer mouse. And someone found it hilariously funny. How could you be a computer mouse? You know, <laughs> in but uh, we as artists, we have to be a little bit crazy and, yeah. and say, being able to think in this abstract way. And we actually create new perspective or how do you say something else and I I think you know my thirst for something new into the world is it's it's our we should be making that we shouldn't be replicating you know something but you know and I, making not, people see things from your eyes yeah I, I think but how do you say if you think about it the viewer for me it was I say there was someone asked me how should I hang up my your work do you mind ever put it upside down? I was like, no, the work is yours. 
It's the work is all about you now. It's mm. not about me. And I actually used to do this of not signing my work, because the work wasn't about me anymore. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. When was it you realised you wanted to be an artist? I actually, I, <laughs> I was actually thinking about this yesterday. This is a little bit funny of how to say. I see my childhood. I, I, so I'm, you know, born in Moscow, and and I say go back to Iceland. We live on a farm. We live on a chicken farm, and I was a kid. And and when I think back to these memories, it's for some reason they look like in Star Wars, young Luke <laughs> walking on. <laughs> and I remember I used to be always making songs and and things like that. And I had this idea of, you had this machine. You know, this is me, seven year old kid. I am yeah. I am fifty years old me seven-year-old kid talking about a machine where you can press buttons and you can get a saxophone or guitar and things yeah like yeah that. yeah this doesn't exist in the world but i'm like oh yeah and then you can just make songs like this and and i remember i was quite a power person making songs and i say the first artwork that i did was my my dad <laughs> my dad has kind of made the wall really nice and i was like i remember this vividly that I had this vision of a boat and a, and a sunset and I had this urge of drawing and I drew it drew it into the wall you know just to ruin the wallpaper yeah. that he had just put but I was just like I had this vision of this amazing sunset and the boat you know it looked looked absolute shit <laughs> <laughs> but this, this was my first artwork and I had I remember there was so strong vision about this artwork and passion to make it and I was like yeah okay <laughs> so bearing that in mind what piece of artwork you've created do you have the the strongest emotional contact with uh, this is actually a funny, funny one. I, I usually do it. I make the work and then I just move on, and uh, and I think for me of showing old work, it it starts being a little bit difficult to be excited about it because this was me two years ago. This is not me now, mm. and uh, so I think it is always the work that I make, and I I used to do this of because I make you know everything in the computer and then I, and the process is to print it out and frame it yeah i used to do this of uh, print out everything and just to rehang the the flap so all the artwork just got got changed and so i don't have so much there is a connection to this and there is a it's it changes a little bit of being from being an artist of there is a you're I think you should always be most excited about your newest work, at least for me, you know, because else you're just holding on to the past. And this comes back to this of me being a progressionist. We should move on, just leave the past. You know, you can learn from the past and anything, but let's move on and, and you know, keep yeah. on iterating on things. Well, it's, it's because you're putting so much energy into that current artwork. It's bound to have the strongest emotional connection at that moment, isn't it? Yeah. But I, but but I very often feel like, and I say, I was watching a video uh, interview with Anthony Hopkins, where they say, "Oh, what is the most challenging role for you?" And he was like, nah, "I don't know." It's kind of I, I don't know if you would classify the work that you've done or something. You know, what would you look back at? And I think what is just to be you know most vivid in your mind is the work that you are about to do or the work that you've just done and, and you know the connection about those things because I know that in some artists answer to this question it can be um, the void 
they had between starting the artwork and finishing it and what they learned in between them two moments in time you know i i think also i am quite lucky and i'll say especially if you do it digitally you can actually just go back you know a few days so you've been working on something and you can go back yeah. and what i used to do uh, with this or what i do is i create series of you know, it, it takes most time to create the first image because you're kind of finding the method, finding the colors and those things. Yeah. And then, how do you say, once you've constructed it, you know the method so you can create five more quite easily. Mm. But I think, you know, and then the next step is, and if I've learned something in the process that get applied to do the next thing. I actually do this and how do you say, I use the same image quite often over and over again. And it's, I don't know if it is a little bit like obsession or how do you say, but it's kind of different aspect of something. So a little bit like when you see, uh, Donovan t spoke about this, he saw this, saw this plastic bag in the wind and he looked at it and he, he remembered his childhood and, you know, the sadness from his childhood. But someone else might be able to see the plastic bag in a, almost in an American beauty way, this poetic yeah. way of plastic bag I actually I saw a plastic bag and I wrote this really sad song which is just called plastic bag it was full of your belonging when you're gone it's, it's great how you can attach something very personal to something so throwaway I know that you're extremely busy a lot of the time what do you do to relax <laughs> oh I actually I have to say I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit saved of this <laughs> <laughs> I, I I bought a PlayStation before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, as it was uh, as it was coming in, or before it was known. No, 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 it was like two weeks before or something. <laughs> and my girlfriend she wasn't very happy with this. So like, yeah, yeah, they're they're telling me like my friends said if you get a PlayStation, it kind of ruins the relationship. I I had to make a decision really early of how do you say? Do you want to make music or do you want to play computer games? And I made the, mu uh, the, the decision to make music and make art. So I, I've never played very much of computer games. But I, I do that, and I say, but I, I as well, I think a lot of it, and coming back to your question around, around the artwork, a lot of the artwork that I do is actually talking to people like you. And this is the most in interesting part is I am, I'm, I, I think with me, my brain is always on like non-stop and I really say, I find it a little bit difficult of, you know, calming down. Yeah, and like I that. agree. And, uh, uh, but I, I do these things, if I really say it is, you know, for example, I'm forced to take the dog out. My, my girlfriend, she's a veterinary, she's a dog. I take the dog out when she is working and it, it forces me a little bit to stop and breathe and, and uh, look at things. Yeah. Yeah, it's some, when, when you get a bit of, time forced upon you that's when you yeah. have to try and, and think of to do something with that time and sometimes thinking is the perfect yeah. thing to do but i have to say i i, I feel a little bit like there's an art and i would say i it's a little bit like comes like this you know at some point you're really active and you're really sponging up things it's days of poetry you see this plastic bag and it you know shows you you know billion things that you can't do the some other times you see this plastic bag and they're like these fucking people it's a plastic bag <laughs> yeah. but who, who are these you know 
these asshole people throwing plastic bags. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it kind of comes with a bit of go, but I think it is very much a sponging up. And uh, yeah. Yeah, well, that just goes to show that sometimes you're fricks the artist or you're fricks the person. The person is just a carrier bag that some some arse has just thrown <laughs> rather than put in the bin. And the artist sees something more to it. Yeah. But I, I, I think, how do you say, I... I think everything that I do and other my I've I've changed very much in last years and other say my work you know I have I work as a management consultant or used to work as a management consultant now I have my own startup but it's I was kind of always wanted to be a full time artist but then when I started understanding what it meant it wasn't that appealing of how to say having to do that and, and I actually quite like to be the sponsor of my art because oh, a lot yeah, of the yeah. things is a lot of the things which I do is kind of experiment and I'm very excited about it. I had this I had this obsession of making a box full of dust with fans and create this like oh, nice, yeah. I know where you're coming from. Dust storm. I bought all the pieces and then I managed to put the whole thing together. But I was kind of been thinking about this. I bought these magnets to hold things up. You know where you have the you force the magnets close to something and yeah. it kind of pulls, so you have nothing in between. And I was kind of playing around with this, and a lot of the things I do is just these crazy ass experiments. And I, you know, I found that I bought so much of fans. So I was kind of like, oh, what do I do with this? <laughs> well, I so. saw a pro- I saw an artwork just I think it was just last week where someone had put several fans in a circle and a pile of dirt, turned all the fans on. And it come to a point where there was a small section in the middle where none of the um, dirt was being pushed away. And that's what he ended up showing, was just this small yeah. pile of dirt or dust in, in the centre that none of the air was reaching. <laughs> I guess I've, I've always been fascinated by that work because I, was saying, I, I have to say, like it took me ages to figure out how do you sell this dirt, the seven fans in the dirt. Yeah. And I never saw the commercial part in it. It took me a few years, and then I was like, "Oh, this is how you do it: you sell the fans and the dirt, and then you just explain. Then you, then you kind of replace the dirt, or you have pictures of it." Yeah. But I, but I have to say, one of the thing with being an artist, and and kind of a lot of it is comes the maturity of showing your work. You start understanding the commercial part, and and how do you say, audience engagement. Because it is a big part of it. If no one likes your art, you you might as well just be in it doing it at home and things like that. But as well, once you take it in front of the audience, it actually forces you to think think about things in a slightly different way. I have very often done it in art shows where I'm listening to myself. I'm almost like I'm listening in on the conversation with me talking to someone else. And I'm kind of not in my head inside my my head saying oh now this makes sense now that yeah. you say this and i hadn't even thought about it until it just comes out of my mouth and i'm like "Ooh, this is it well i have noticed being part of the vr show that my approach to my work is different to everyone else's approach to their work because they are because they've been in and around art fairs their job is to sell their work Whereas I've just done mine in exhibitions where I put my my work on the wall yeah. and then wait for a red dot to turn up on it. And it's it's something that I, I've never done. So I've, I do have 
a little bit, or I did have a little bit of trouble on it on the last show because I've but never it, had that mindset. Yeah, but do you find it, how to say, I, I, I find it, how to say, you shouldn't be like a car salesman trying to sell your work and also, of course, you know, it's, oh, it's red, oh, oh take it, you love red, it's going to be a Yeah, see, I've never been, never been one no. for that. I've always just gone, here's my work, if you like it, yeah. buy it. Yeah, I, here's the thing, how to say, I, I think art, you can't sell it, you know, it, it just, either people like it or not, and how to say, you can have sex people or something like that, but, and, and I find the same thing, but I, and I think, you know, art fairs are really good, art fairs are really good for, you know, engagement with the audience, but I think the, kind of the downside of it is, you get really focused on, uh, on the selling part, Yeah. and, but, I, I actually found it when I was doing the outfit. I haven't done an outfit now in, in two years. But I always found that of meeting the artist, I was, I was almost like an only child that got to go to space camp and meet all the other kids. And uh, and it was this like, all of a sudden that I 100 artists <laughs> and next to this person you're talking to. And you must have must have gotten this through the, the art show. I know it is everything is remotely, but you start getting this of talking to other artists. Yeah. You, you know, just you and me talking and, and how is it talking with the other artists is, sorry, I just have a cat here. <laughs> it's quite all right. And um, how do you say, so you get this kind of seeing how other people do this and, and uh, get that community. Yeah. Well, talking about other artists, if there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? What would be the ideal group show? Oh wow, that's a difficult one. I actually, I actually heard say, so there are two artists that I really like. There's one I Icelandic uh, painter woman, she's in Luxembourg, Christ, uh, Christine, oh, Christine Friedrichsdotter. She made a, make a, made a piece which was shown in London. She does this splatter art, amazing, absolutely, Amazing. She's been with galleries in Berlin and all over. Yeah. I really like the guy in, I would say, 3D from Massive Attack. He's actually one of my favorite artists. Robert Donadja. Absolutely love his work. I think it is. I'm, I'm still kicking myself on not having bought some of his work when it was being He's still shown. producing work. I know, I know. It's, it's absolutely amazing. I would say... I don't know. I I would have to search and, and find the the next three, but I I actually one of the things that surprised me very much and I was we did this. Uh, I was part of a uh, group which was called No Horse. There were six artists and uh, Rod Rod Macintosh was part of that and, and leading that and and it was all the work kind of complementing each other and it starts being quite difficult. Nice. And I actually think with the V Art Show. It was interesting to see and how the work aligned itself together. You know, uh, it, the first show that we had, we had eight artists, and their work it didn't overlap; it complemented each other without being really weird gap. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, it wasn't disjointed at all. It just flowed yeah. from one room or booth to another. Yeah. And I, ex I actually think this is one other thing which I quite like about you know going to art fairs or, or these larger shows because you go and see some work and then you can just walk to the next one. Oh, don't like this one. Walk yeah. a little bit and you, and you see more. And the work that you really like, you can spend some time of seeing it you know, a few times. 
Well, we've not spoke too much about the VR show. The actual founders of it was you and Matt Jukes. Yeah. It's, um, I, here's the thing, I'd say, it's, I think me and Matt, I actually, I went and met, met Matt, Matt, how do you say, one Saturday, we actually went to a, we went to a restaurant and we sat there for four hours just talking, just talking crap. And one of the things which came out of it is we wanted to do, and this is way before for COVID and the lockdown, one of the things we were thinking about doing was to do a gallery, just make a gallery, just put some money into it and, and um, yeah, just make it happen. And, and I think kind of coming back to the relaxed thing, you know, this is one of the things which I kind of see as relaxing, you, you make a gallery, you know, you do this, you right. know, the, the we are and. So we spoke about it and, and we were kind of like, okay, and, and we spoke about doing it at the end of the year. I knew that the summer would be really difficult and I was going to go and do like a sailing. I was going to go and do the captain and, and boating and things like that. So I was saying like, let's do it in November, December, start thinking about it. But then, how do you say, COVID hits and... Uh, and I remember the other artwork was supposed to be on and I was like, I was really disappointed because I wouldn't be able to go there. And yeah, I, yeah. This is really sad. This. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to go and see all my friends and see all the artwork and you know, have the talks. And, and that's an amazing thing because I, and I said to Matt, like in this where people were complaining about this, they're like, is this the launch of the gallery? And Matt was like, yeah. And we actually spoke that evening and... and agreed on the name the next day and started setting up the website and reached out to the rest of the artists. With that said, even though me and Matt started this and you know we've done quite a lot of work behind the scene, the artists are the one that carry this forward. And it's usually what happens is me and Matt and, and, and Michael, we got Michael to come in because we were just dropping the ball massively, me and Matt. Yeah, well, we Michael's so... very proactive, isn't he? Michael Warner. Oh, he, he, he is just on it, you know, he is just on it. <laughs> but he, he, as you say, we just needed someone that had, and he has this, he has the social media and the press background and those things. Yeah. Well, I am more happy of just, um, I organise people and things like that, but kind of, you know, for example, what I was doing before this interview on programming so we can we can count how many people went into each room. And so to, to do that, you need to program the site and add code in and blah, blah, blah. And so he brought that aspect. Matt brings the, the UX user experience and that's what he does in his daily life. And so it's actually like a good match. And there is a, um, and I, I think with this you know we've kind of carried it on but the artist they actually took a, a massive ownership in this and I one of the thing on my list or two was to, to, to write agreement you know around this what is this gallery you know how does it behave but I think the artist that showed in the first show and the artist at the show and it's kind of always open for them because they are the ones that made this you yeah know? yeah I can the, say that the we art, you know, we art show of setting up a Facebook page with three, three followers. And how do you see it going forward? Do you see because first you had eight, then eleven, then sixteen. Yeah. Is it going to keep growing, or is it going to shift and some artists leave, some artists come in and? I I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> well, I because at the end of the no. first one, it wasn't yeah. said whether from this is from my perspective only. No. I no. didn't know whether. I had just joined the gang 
and going forward into the yeah. next one or I'd just done that one and had to reapply or I couldn't reapply for free shows or oh, the, the, the administration sounds like they're just dropping the ball once it comes to an end I was like well yeah. what, what happens on the next one you know so I, yeah. so I ended up asking no, no but I, I actually think we didn't even know and I say uh, if you think about it the first one we did it with um, so we have a conversation 10 days later we have the show and so I think I think you know, we came up with this, like, let's do this, and that was on. And then see how it pans out after that. Yeah, so so we talk about it a little bit, the you know, like, was it possible? And me and Matt, we had a discussion about it, like, this is the exper- this is the experiment. Does it work or doesn't it work? Is it going to be, like, horrendous, or is it, you know, is it worth of doing it again? And so when we did, the, when we came around to the second one, we're kind of like, okay, it works. Can we do it a little bit bigger or how can we improve it? And I think the third one was kind of, you know, more people, you know, around the globe and, and those things. And I I think it is a little bit difficult to say, you know, what is the future of it? Because we live in times where we wouldn't have imagined this of mm. staying at home and, and, you know, just I haven't I haven't gone anywhere for, you know, I've cycled down to the center, but, but I haven't gone and met anyone for a yeah. long, long time. And... Yeah, you know, is this going to keep on going, or is it? You know, will this become the new norm? And it, I, I, in my mind, and, and usually when I explain something, which I kind of have this in it, usually doesn't happen. I'm not very much of a prophet, but I think maybe it is that it can live in the in the real world, where how they say you have nights where you can go and do virtual. Art well, I think personally that this whole situation for the last. 10 weeks or whatever it is has made us and everyone else look at everything in a different way because I wouldn't dream of doing even this face-to-face talking before even on on my phone I've never done a voice uh, a face-to-face or a face call Um, and I'm okay with this now yeah you know it adjusts our mindset yeah, it's uh, so funnily enough. I was talking to someone in Denmark, uh, work related, and he's talking about in the beginning of this, people were like, uh, I think it was twenty five percent was like, yeah, it's it's good to work from home, and I would say I think I think it was a little bit over fifty percent were like, yeah, you know, I think it's going to be okay. Now that they have done this work from home, it's actually the I think it was forty eight percent that was like, yes, this is amazing. And it was, I think it was 60, 60%, 60 or 70% that were like, we are going to keep on doing this or working from home or more. And I, I, I actually think the new norm is now this. And, and if you think about it, you know, for example, when you talk about this face code, you know, it wasn't a norm before, you know, talk face to face over a computer. Now the, the general public, you know, at work, I have been doing this because we've been working across the globe. We have... Uh, the company that I used to work for, we had offices in Austin and, and Bulgaria. Yeah. So we could be constantly on this and kind of all day, just long, you know, on a, on a Zoom. So it kind of was quite normal. Of course, you always felt like you could do more in person, but a lot of the a lot of the events that we have had and meetings, they have been actually more more productive remotely. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think you know. I actually was laughing about it. In the new world, I am I am a barista because I bought a coffee machine. 
I cut my hair, which is a which is a long, long <laughs> uh, a dream that I've had for a long, long time. But I've cut my own hair. Yeah. And I'm really happy. So I say I think the new world is is slightly different. So I'm really excited about. But we've all accepted other things into our life, and I'm sure a lot of them are going to stay because me making podcasts over Zoom, what we're on now, is yeah. a hell of a lot easier than me having to get on the train. I live in Essex. Got to go into London normally, set up in someone else's studio. Although it's easier for me because no. I might see all their work on the walls, and you know, it's, yeah. it, I like the experience of of going to the studio, and I, I probably will do that a lot of the time. But on here, this enables me to talk to someone in America, or yeah. or you know, Germany, or wherever, or yeah. even uh, in in the north of England, in Newcastle, or what have you. I know, I, I, how do you say, I remember when the internet came first and uh, I actually went on this website where I had uh, pen pals from all over the world and yeah. I was actually writing people from Ecuador, uh, Italy and uh, South Korea. So all of a sudden you could reach to these people and it was you know, kind of talking to them. I remember the guy in South Korea, he was like, oh, we're having some crisis here, it's going to come down and, you know, and uh, it, it's completely different than than just hearing from it from you know social media or news or whatever you know selective things these were just people normal people you know, yeah. with normal things and uh, and it was actually quite quite interesting and i think this is i don't know this is a little bit the new new norm well the vr show has actually got um an international artist this time hasn't it yeah i'm, I'm really excited that is a we were hoping to have have more but it is a we have uh, we have Hannah Sarathras. I hope I'm, I hope I'm saying this. That is a close. And she's from Seattle in in the US. Yeah, I the thing. I've always wanted to go to Seattle. That I would say. I'm actually really really excited. And I would say her work is absolutely amazing. And it is, isn't it? It it is. And I would say the work of all the people in there that is is absolutely amazing. And I think I would say. I look at the, the lineup for this one, and when we are recording this, this is the version three. The lineup is absolutely amazing, and how do you say, you know, having people like Roy, uh, Roy's people, Rod McIntosh, and um, get Anna McDonald and uh, Caroline Banks. It's it's. I think it's absolutely amazing. How do you say the the artists that we have and the the other level, and for people to. Um, come and view the artist. They can view the artist before the fourth of June, um, just by going onto the website, which is yeah. www.v-art.show, um, yeah. and uh, they can see each of the sixteen artists. Just like going onto a Facebook profile, really, or Instagram. Click on the artist, see their work, contact the artist, and this is all before the fourth. And then yeah. on the fourth. You can speak to them just like being on Zoom or FaceTime. Yeah, I actually then the whole concept was this of being able to come and see the artist and similar like you spoke about the shirt. Sorry to bring up the shirt. That's quite all right. You can crack on. <laughs> but it is a that you know to know the story about, about behind the work. You know. Yeah. Like, and I think you know I I do this sometimes. Sometimes I go and and prepare. I do my homework before going to a show. And and I think with this one, it's a little bit. You go and see the artist at the the uh, hyphen art dot show. Go and see the artist. You know what are the things that you like, and 
makes it easier or you can do it at the night and the home page you know when you come in you will see all the 16 artists you'll be able to enter the virtual room you'll be able to see see their work and we put as well you know what kind of type of art do they do i think it is actually a little bit easier to see their work before and then enter the room yeah. because uh, they say if you're like oh my, gary explain me what you're doing oh yeah okay you know instead of you see you've seen the pictures and oh i oh i quite like your work you know tell me a little bit more or, or you know you kind of have a little bit base of it I think with the artists and, and uh, this you very often happens with shows, you know, the commercial aspect. If you want something, go and ask the artist. There, we put uh, links to all the website where you can buy the work. And um, as well, the, I know the VR show is, is on certain hour where you, where you have time. But we've put as well how to contact the artist. So if you're, if you're shy of, you know, going into a room with you know, five or ten people or something like that, and talk to others, you can absolutely book a Zoom meeting similar like we are doing. Yeah. Just, you know, oh, can we can we meet on Zoom? Can you talk about your work? And I, I think the artist has already, you know, kind of done quite a lot of the setups digitally. So after the show, it's quite easy of just, you know, get in touch with them and, and look at it. Because one other thing which has happened with this, and um, there's been quite a lot of talk in the in the news about the restaurant industry and all of those things that they have kind of lost their all income. This this is the same thing with artists. Except yeah. artists they don't have any lobbyists in the in the parliament shouting that they've lost all their wages. And yeah. you know, I know that the government has done some things with people that are self employed and, and those things, but this is a really tough time for artists and this was one of the one of the pushing things to do the show it was as I say help our friends that all their shows got cancelled you know one yeah. of the artists that I spoke to they had seven shows lined up so this is your re yearly income that all get cancelled and I actually find that it's it's quite devastating and I yeah so I that was one of the push to make the show you know to give the opportunity to to push forward yeah, create an avenue in this of you know where you could where you could sell your work. Yeah, excellent. Meet new collectors and and so forth. I mean, we've spoke about the VR show and where to find that. I mean, on on Instagram it is at the underscore art dot show, but oh, yeah, and and they can go over there and they can see uh, there's Insta lives that have been recorded between each artist. But getting it back to Fricks, how can anyone see your work online? I actually, I'm the only one in the world that's called Fricks, as I know. Well, I've so never I, seen it, and I should <laughs> say it's F R I double K X. Yeah, yeah. So I have Fricks.com, and uh, I have my work there, and um, I I have on Instagram. I I I have to say, like, in order to be an artist, you need to be three things. You need to be the crazy creative person, create new things, and you know. You need to be the admin that does this boring thing or making sure they have a mailing list, they're doing this and doing that. And then you need to be the marketing person, the person that sells things. I am really good at one of these. <laughs> Guess which one? <laughs> <laughs> and so I say, I yeah, I, on Instagram I have a, have a fricks art, and I was trying to separate the person with the art because I I was posting. 
how do you say, I really like cats and I was posting cat pictures and then a little bit of art, a little bit more about me traveling and a little bit more art and it was just like really confusing for people. Well, when I went <laughs> onto your Instagram page, I was like, where's his art? Unless he just like, you know, his, his art is taking photographs of cats. And then yeah. I, I scrolled all the way down and there was one little one saying, I've moved all my artwork to Fricks <laughs> underscore art. So I looked at that and I went, ah, there we are. Yeah, I am. I am not very. How do you say? I, I, I guess it is because I'm, I'm. I I do quite a lot of different things, and you know I don't know how, when I die, how they what they're gonna say about me. I think the the word that my American friends are a Renaissance man. I was like, okay, but yeah. it, it is a little bit dabbling here and there. You know, I own a part in a brewery in Iceland, even though I don't drink. Yeah. I think I own that. You know, and, and this very Well, the, the price I, of alcohol in Iceland, that's a good thing to get into pro- <laughs> producing, isn't it? Yes, but I, was, I, I kind of, I, I guess it's a kind of all of these different things in, in some crazy way, they all link together. This, you know, uh, being an artist, you know, is, is similar like creating new things in the IT world and things like that. So, I don't know, not, not that it gets as, as kind of, you know, outlet of creating something uh, software-wise, similar yeah. like, uh, like art, but yeah. But I'll talk to you afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you wasn't an artist, what would you like to be just before you go? If I wasn't an artist, I, I wouldn't want to be anything else than an artist. I actually, I, I, I think with me, it's, if I wasn't an artist, because you have quite a lot of people that don't make any work, they talk about these amazing stories or something like that, and now they say they have this this twinkle in your eyes or this craziness, this madman that you need to be, or mad woman that you need to be to be an artist, and I think I would be that. Yeah. I, I actually feel like I. I haven't explored enough, and and the last thing where I went into, I uh, went into start sailing, learning how to sail a boat, and becoming a captain. I actually worked on a ship with my grandfather when I was sixteen, and actually I think I would be this kind of crazy explorer. And I don't know. I I actually have to say I'm one of these people that are really. I look at all the crazy things that I've done, and and I'm actually quite happy because it makes it who I am. Yeah, I think I'd say if I wasn't an artist, I wouldn't be myself, and I, I, I think it is going to be one of these things, you know. I've, I've dipped in and out of it. I did music for many years, and kind of, you know, it took six years of trying to make my second album, and it was kind of just, you know, kind of keep going in and out, and then, you know, a year without doing anything. I haven't done work for a while now, and I'm gearing up to start doing it again, and. But if, I don't think that I would be this person, you know, it's, it would be really difficult. I actually saw, and um, I saw this video about the, the guy in In Excess, how he, you know, his head injury uh, affected his whole career, just this yeah. one small accident, and he was no longer the person that he was, and, and actually after that there isn't very much music that he publishes or anything. Anyway, that's proper life changing because what you were saying there about um, people who are sort of crazy or eccentric. Um, I mean, I've, I've met many people in my time who are crazy and eccentric, but when they say they're an artist, that gives it that gives some purpose to their 
eccentricity, doesn't it? So you're sort of more forgiving of someone yeah. being eccentric because they're they haven't quite gone over the bounds of crazy because they're doing it for a purpose, you know. But I th- but I think what you say and, and as a, if you think about, for example, Leonardo da Vinci, which is one of the greatest artists ever, and I would say, if you think about him at the time, you know, you have no social media, you probably the people around you they can't even. You know, they can't even grasp. No, they can't even comprehend about. what you're talking about, yeah. And you're like, oh, we're going to make this like thing, and it turns these things, and then it flies. And you're like, oh, they don't even know what flying is. You know, it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's like the birds, but it has this thing that's moving. And, and how do you say, just, I, I actually, I very often think about him being this, you know, this absolutely crazy person of, how do you say, they thought that he was absolutely crazy, but when you when you start understanding it in time, and yeah, and I actually think, for example, if you look at people like Bill Gates, you know, of of a lot of the things that he's talking about, you kind of like you need to grasp it in a in a different way, like oh, okay, yeah, and now I. Well, his 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 imagination is so advanced. Society has got to catch up to him, hasn't it? You know. Yeah. And I, th- I think one of, one of this thing is, you know, of course, we're getting more and more exposed to everything. And they talk about it in Japan. In Japan, you're a pop artist for six months. Then you just finished. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody knows you. We've seen this. Where's the next thing? Yeah. And I think, how do you say, I don't, I don't know how this is going to be, or how do you say, because now you can just browse art for from Mexico, you know, we could go and just see Mexican artists, we could buy Mexican art and then you have it in your living room in two two weeks. And I think as an artist, you kind of have to be pushing the boundary constantly of, you know, keeping ahead of these things. Yeah, I don't know if definitely. I'm making any sense. No, no, I agree. Well. It's, it's just that the boundary seems to be a bit further away and a bit more elastic now. You try to push the boundary and, and before you stepped over it or snapped it, Whereas now yeah. it does seem to be a little bit elastic in areas, you know, because we're all pushing at once, if you like. Yeah, but I but I think it is as well. It has gone away from this of being, how do you say? Now it is more about the idea rather than the execution of it. Yeah. And um, but at the same time, you know, the the world of art has changed completely. You know, one hundred years ago, if you were if you were a cobbler, you're just going to be cobbler for the rest of your life. Mm. Now you can actually be an artist, and you can see quite a lot of people where they've gone into painting you know, in the in the forties, you know, and kind of got gone into into this after having a professional life. And I think you know this is kind of as well. It started opening opening up the avenues because you know forty years ago you only sold your work through gallery. Yeah. But it, 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 this is an interesting part, and I actually think, you know, in art school, and I never went to an art school. I went and, and did uh, photography, as um, I say, online, started studying for BA in photography. But there wasn't very much of this, how do you promote yourself? And if you think about it, being an artist, you have to be quite... I, I personally think you have to be, like, uh, emotionally intelligent intelligent in a sense you know how you can put your friend and socially intelligent how to interact with other people mm. and all of these things are kind of hence hence i find it most artists that i meet they i find them really interesting because they have this quality and i usually don't find it in 
I don't want to sound like a snob or something. General public dealing with the general public yeah. is, is is completely different. Well, it's a different way of looking at things. To be an artist in whatever form, you are just looking at at the world in a different way. Yeah. And I, I actually, you know, if you think about, for example, Andy Warhol, where he did the, the supermarket installation, people were like, what the fuck is this? We, yeah, <laughs> why, why are you replicating a supermarket? This is, like, this is just a ridiculous, yeah. most ridiculous thing ever. But it's, it's with these things that you've done these, how do you say, amazing things and move this forward. Funny, funny thing about this lockdown, you know, there's a lot of things we kind of got to know about ourselves in a different way and I actually thought about it that we're really really happy to tell other people off and kind of trying to be in control over them no 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 you should wear a mask I'm wearing a mask you know, oh, oh you, should, you should not wear a mask you know I'm not wearing a mask in the car oh oh wait and I, I, I don't know I just let people you know be and, and try to make people happy be kind to people yeah. make them feel good about themselves and you know don't be an asshole I think that's my. my that's favorite. it. Don't be an arsehole. That sums it up. That's, that's it. Okay. Just don't be an arsehole. And everyone yeah. lives all right, don't they? I, I think so. I think it is what say. most of the problem that we have is just people trying to insert themselves or, or how do you say, push themselves. You know, they don't feel good about themselves and they're trying to push other people down, you know, because they are not feeling good about themselves either. And, but I think, I think it is, you know. If you do art, keep on doing it, and I would say, if no one is watching, that's okay as well. Van Gogh never sold anything in his whole life. And I would say, the art is more for yourself. And Björk said this, and I actually, this is one other thing which I took away. He said, like, if you have a circle of people around you, once you move closer to one, you move away from the others. And you have to just be true to yourself. Make the stuff that you like. And I would say, if no one likes it, you know, be lucky when you find this one lunatic that really likes it. <laughs> I went to this art show. Uh, no, sorry, I went to this other art fair, and there was this there was this Danish artist. <laughs> it was like, and then it was all about foxes smoking crack and having sex and having babies, really badly drawn. I I think it is like. It's, it's the pieces that I remember the most. Yeah. The f foxes smoking crack and, and having sex. <laughs> and I actually wish that I'd bought some of these because they were so fucking crazy. Yeah. A lot of art is made to sell things and this kind of comes from the point which I was saying I wouldn't want to be a full-time artist because I would start looking at, oh, oh, if I do this boat, all this digital boat, then it sells more. I will subconsciously start following the money instead of following myself but I, I here's the thing and I, I think you know life is all about being happy be happy you know figure out are you happy and, and know yourself enough to understand am I happy does this make me happy and I always thought it with me of how do you say <laughs> I, I am like I know that I'm really busy I work really hard but if I have no interest in it I will I will use all my creative powers to get myself out of it <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually quite good at that but i would say i actually think of it uh, you know i for me it would would be but i would say if you think about it if you can and i i actually really respect this if you can figure out a way to to hold your artist integrity make things you need to you need to make a living and it's really easy for people for example 
I remember this band called Limp no, what was it? Limp Bizkit or whatever. One of these heavy metal, new heavy metal bands, and people were coming to them and saying, like, oh, you guys have sold out. You used to be so great because you're doing these cassettes and you only sold it to 200 people. And the guy said, like, I need to pay rent. Yeah. And yeah. Dove, you know. And I am happy. You know, if you're not happy, go and find another band. It's okay. You know, it, it's find another band that where they are not selling their music and just giving it away yeah. and you know everybody's happy and but I, I think this is you know figure out the way I've met quite a lot of through the other the art fairs you know for example I met this sculpture guy that he had to make drawings and that was the thing that paid for the sculpture he yeah. had passion was doing and you know you have to do these things but I personally I think with me of Arisa and I do quite a lot of I filter quite a lot of my work of Arisa, so there's few things that I just like. No, you're not doing that because it's it's not. It would just be all about the foxes smoking crack. <laughs> I actually thought about it at some point doing like a. It would be Fricks and Trixie. Trixie, Trixie would have. have Trixie Fricks. Trixie would have this psychopath art, and we would never be around. <laughs> well, I think that's but, a good a good place to leave it. Yeah. Bricks, I've asked all my questions. Thank you very much for your time. No, th thank you so much. And I was a really pleasure talking to you. And, and thank you for being part of the VR show. Um, thank, thank you more for, for allowing me to be a part of it. No, 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 no. It's just you. You're a part of it. I was saying. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask you next one. Gary, are you okay to be in the next one? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Fricks. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ta -da. And there you have it, Fricks. I told you he was a man who wore many hats. But what I will finally mention again is the V Art Show. It's on tonight, the 4th of June, 6 till 9, over on Zoom. So make sure you've got Zoom downloaded. Go over to the V Art Show, which is www.v-art.show. And come and meet a few of the artists. There's 16 of us to choose from. But like I say every week, on whichever platform you listen to this podcast, you should be able to leave a comment. If you could do that, that would really help us as a podcast and anyone else who happens to be looking for an art podcast. So, thanks for listening, and until next week, ta-da. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.